Bibles, please open with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're looking at verses 16 through 18. Friends, we've been in 1 and 2 Thessalonians uh, for 26 sermons. This is the 26th of those sermons, the last sermon um, covering these two books. And it's been a great study. I hope today's sermon, which is a benediction, is encouraging to you. Just a word about where we're going. Uh, Next week and for five weeks, we're going to be preaching in the Old Testament. We're going to be looking at the Ten Commandments. And we're going to preach two commandments uh, per week over the next five weeks. And then believe it or not, after that, it's time for Advent. Can you believe it? Uh, How how time uh, passes so quickly. So we look forward to getting into the Old Testament next week and for five weeks. And then, of course looking at our Advent series, moving towards Christmas. But today, again, we're in 2 Thessalonians 3, 16 through 18. If you're able, I invite you to stand and honor the reading of God's holy word. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is a sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Pray with me, please. God, thank you for this time that we can spend together in your word. And I pray that your word would indeed go forth. God, as you uh, want to encourage us today through your peace, through your presence, through this benediction, I pray that our ears would be open, our hearts and minds would receive it, O God. And wherever people are today, maybe at home, maybe outside, maybe in here, Father, Holy Spirit, would you minister to us the preaching of your word, and and may we glorify you in these things. We ask it all in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, Amen. Friends, please be seated. You know, as I think back over the scriptures, one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible It comes from Mark chapter 4. It's that story of Jesus on the boat. And this is one of the stories that I'd share with my children, you know, when they were younger. I can remember uh, my kids when they were really young, you know, telling that story of David and Goliath. Telling that story of when Jesus took two fish and five loaves of bread and broke it. Those were fun to tell. But I think my favorite story of all of them, telling my children when they were young, comes from Mark chapter 4. And it's that story of Jesus on the boat. That's that's what we called it in my house, Jesus on the boat. But you remember the story. The Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples, they got on a boat and they were going to cross the Sea of Galilee. And Mark 4 tells us there was a number of boats going across the sea that day. But on that particular day, Jesus was, was tired and he went to sleep in the stern of the boat. But once the boat got onto the sea, the Bible says a a windstorm came up and the winds started blowing and the the waves started crashing against that boat. And it became so great. The disciples were so concerned. They, They thought they could die. They thought trouble was coming. And they went and they woke up Jesus. Jesus, wake up. Don't, don't you care about us? We're in trouble. The wind is blowing, the the waves are crashing, it's chaos out here. Jesus, why are you sleeping? We need need your help. And then what happened? 
the Lord Jesus woke up, and in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the chaos, the Lord Jesus Christ declares, peace, be still. And the Bible says at that moment, the wind stopped blowing, the waves stopped crashing, and everything, everything was calm. And these, these disciples, they looked in awe at who Jesus is and, and what he did, and they, and they knew there was something about this man that was very, very special. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Everything was calm. You know, friends, as we study the whole Bible, as we study the Lord Jesus Christ, we find that peace goes wherever Jesus goes. Think about that. We're going to put some verses up on the screen here in just a moment. In the Old Testament, we'll start with this one. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, even before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the Bible says that peace was associated with Jesus. This is a verse we use often at Christmas. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the what? Prince of, of Peace. Think about this next verse. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the angels declared to those shepherds, glory to God in the highest and on earth. What? Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Right before Jesus died, this next verse, this is John 14, 27. Jesus said these words, peace I leave with you, my peace. I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And then after Jesus rose from the dead, he came to his disciples. And what's the first thing he said? It says, as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. Friends, whenever you find Jesus in the Bible, you find peace. You know, in the midst of a world that is full of trouble, full of storms everywhere we look, the Bible declares to us today that Jesus is the Lord of peace. And it's with this doctrine of peace in mind that Paul writes to these Thessalonians the last thing he wants to tell them. Is about the peace they can have in their hearts, in their minds, in their lives because of what Christ has done for them. You know, it's one thing to be able to just pronounce or say peace. You know, our governmental leaders do that all the time with treaties and things like this, countries between countries. They, they declare it. But it's a completely different thing to actually impart peace. To give peace. It can be declared but might not be given. But in Jesus Christ. This text says. Not only does the Lord of peace declare it. But he gives it. He imparts it. That's what this text says. He imparts it. At all times. 
and in every way. That's the words of this text. Friends, today this scripture is all about peace. And we're going to look at this scripture and several other scriptures from the Bible to see today how the Lord of peace not only declares peace, but he imparts it to his people. So as we move forward, maybe this is a a tougher point to start with, but what we have to recognize is that before we see Christ bringing peace, declaring peace, giving peace, we must first understand there's a war going on. There's a conflict going on to which Jesus brings that peace. And the Bible says it's a war, it's a conflict between God and man. Think about this with me. What's man's greatest need for peace? You know, we look around the world, we find countries at war with other countries. Is that our greatest need for peace? You know, that's an important thing to seek, peace between the countries. But friends, I want to tell you that's, most, that's not the most important peace that man needs is between countries. Maybe you have a conflict in your life, maybe with your neighbor or with, or with someone which you aren't at peace. Is that the most important thing to reconcile in your life? You know what? That's very important. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But I declare to you, and I think the Bible declares to all of us, that's not the most important part of peace that we need in our lives. The Bible tells us when we study it, when we take it seriously, that man's greatest need for peace is first between who? Between man and God. Between man and God. You know, as we study the Bible, what we find is that there is a warfare that exists between man and God. And listen, it wasn't always that way, was it? When God created man in the garden, there was perfect peace. There was harmony. God created Adam and Eve, and the Bible says they had this wonderful, harmonious relationship with their Creator. They walked with God and talked with God in the Garden of Eden, and everything was calm, everything was great. There was peace between man and God, between Adam and Eve, even between man and creation, working the beauty of this garden. But what happened? Sin entered the picture. And sin messed up everything. The Bible says that Adam and Eve hid from their creator. Where'd the peace go? Adam started blaming Eve. There was this issue in the relationship that hadn't been there before. The ground that they worked now had thorns and thistles. They worked by the sweat of their brow, kicked out of this beautiful garden. They had at one time a perfect peace with God, with each other, and with creation. And now it was gone. And man for years and years and years would seek to go against God. There was this gap between God and his creation separated because of sin. And there was absolutely nothing that man could do to get rid of that. In fact, man for years went against God. Here's what some of the text says in the Bible. This is Romans 3. It says, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. 
No one seeks God. All have turned aside. We'll go to the next verse. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 7. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Do you see what the Bible says about our minds? They're hostile towards God. There's a war going on. Ephesians chapter 2 says it this way. And you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you once walked. Following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in sons of disobedience. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And were by nature children of wrath. Like the rest of mankind. Friends that's bad news. No one seeks God. Everyone is turned aside. Our minds are hostile towards God. We're children of wrath. We're dead in our trespasses and sins. Where'd the peace go? Sin messed it all up. And according to the Bible, we are now at enmity with God. And no matter how hard man might try, there's no way for man on his own to reconcile with the Almighty God. Sin is too vast, it's too deep, it's too high. And even if we think that man might want to do that, the Bible says that, you know what, no one seeks God. It's a terrible place to be. But let's remember something about the text we're reading today and about what the whole Bible says. It says that when we're not able to come to where God is, even when we're not willing to try to even make peace with God, God loves us so much that the Prince of Peace steps out of glory and comes down to us. And not only does he declare peace, but he gives peace to you and to me by his work to us on the cross. Friends, he imparts it. He gives it. And friends, I want you to see that Christ is the one. He is the one that brings peace between God and man. How does he do that? Think about this. The Lord Jesus Christ, who was fully and completely God, looked at his creation, found a group of people that had demonstrated their sinfulness towards him. People that didn't seek him. People that denied him. People whose minds were set against him. And God decided, I'm going to love those people. And even though they will never try to come to me, I'm going to go to them. And Jesus stepped out of glory. And he came all the way down to this earth. He wrapped himself in our humanity. He looked us eye to eye. He underwent all the miseries of this life. He who was perfectly God allowed himself to be betrayed, allowed himself to be hurt, allowed himself to be grieved, abandoned. He allowed himself to undergo all the miseries of this life. He was tempted just as you and I are. And even in In our temptation, when we messed everything up, he chose to undergo that perfectly and completely. And even though he had done nothing wrong, even though he was 
He wasn't the one who messed all this up. And even though he didn't do anything wrong, he said, I want to bring peace between God and man. And the only way to do that is for me to take up this cross and to die for the sins of these people. And Jesus demonstrated his love towards us in this, this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. We read it a moment ago. We'll put it back on the screen. This was the last verse of our call to worship. Listen to this. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making what? Peace by the blood of his cross. Friends, where does peace come? Between God and man, it comes through Jesus Christ by him making peace on the cross by his blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus will give us peace between God and men. Here's what happened, friends. When we had enmity, Christ brought us goodwill. When we had animosity towards God, Christ brought harmony between God and man. When we had nothing but a storm going on in our hearts towards God, Christ brings the calm into our lives. When we have a heart of stone towards God, Christ comes and gives us this warm beating heart of flesh. And I'll tell you, friends, where there was no peace between God and man, Christ comes and through his blood on the cross, he gives peace between God and man. One commentator said it this way, our great need for peace is not met by something that we can do, but rather by receiving the peace that originates with God and that he alone can give. Friends, peace only comes through the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, dear friend, that is your greatest need, to have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. And today you can have that. If your heart is hard towards God. If there is no peace in your life between you and God. Hear what Jesus did for you in the cross. He came and died to give you peace. Between you and God. But the Bible doesn't stop there. Because it declares to us. That because Christ has given us peace between God and ourselves, we can now have peace between ourselves and other people. You know, we talk about these wars between country and country. Maybe a war or a conflict between you and another person. Did you know, dear friend, that because God has made peace between himself and you, you can now have peace between you and other people. Your vertical drives your horizontal. You know, in the Bible, in the New Testament specifically, the Bible talks about conflicts between different groups of people, specifically the Jews and the Gentiles, right? The Jews and the Gentiles. And there was this wall of separation between these two groups of people. But in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul's teaching us about the church, how God has, has taken the Jew and the Gentile and, and brought them together. 
How? Through the blood of Christ. Here's what the Bible says. This is Ephesians 2. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Listen to that. He himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. You see, in Christ, dear friends, there's not Jew and Gentile. Christ makes them one through his blood. All the hostility that would exist between these two groups is gone because of what Christ has done for us. If you're able to join us tonight, we're going to talk about the same situation with Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Jesus was Jewish. She was Samaritan, not all the way Jewish. Yet what brought the two of them together? It was the gospel. Because everybody needs the Lord. And it's through the gospel, dear friends, that we can be reconciled one to the other. Did you know because God has loved you, that enables you to love other people? Because God has forgiven you, you can now forgive other people. This is all about the gospel. Christ tears down these man-made walls of division that, that we as sinners put up in front of each other. And it's through the blood of Christ they come crashing down. Is there anybody in your life right now that you have a conflict with? That there's no peace in your heart? If that's the case, hear the words of the Bible. Paul declares to us, let us forgive each other. Just as in Christ, God has forgiven us. Let us love each other because God has loved us first. Let us seek after what God wants to seek after, people's hearts being right in his sight and right with each other because of what the blood of Christ has done for us. Dear friend, it's only through the blood of Jesus that we can have peace. And I want you to know, and this is our last main point, God has brought peace, yes, through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your sins can be forgiven. Christ has brought us peace one to each other as we love and forgive each other in life. But I want you to know, as you live your life as a Christian, Christ continues to bring you peace. Let's talk about ways he does that. Maybe you feel alone. You're anxious. You feel alone. I want you to know that Christ has given you peace because he's not left you alone. He's given you his Holy Spirit. In the book of John, he said he's going away. His disciples were anxious about that. He says, well, but wait, I'm going to send to you a helper, a comforter, the Holy Spirit. And Paul goes on to tell us that this Holy Spirit comes in our hearts and he teaches us that we're children of God. We cry out, Abba, Father. In fact, we are so close to God that he is with us as a father, dear friend. That should bring us peace. And God's word continually brings us peace. Think about these things. Even in the book of 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, there were people in this book who were so anxious about people dying. They said, 
my friend, my loved one has died. I'm anxious in my heart. What, What has happened to that person? Paul says, knowing Jesus brings peace to that situation. And here's why. You don't have to grieve like the rest of the world because they don't have hope. But you have hope because I want you to know when Jesus comes back, he's going to bring those with him who have fallen asleep, who have died in Christ. You don't have to be anxious. You can be hopeful. You might say to yourself, well, Pastor Adam, I'm anxious about my own death. I'm approaching death. Or I worry and... um, get frustrated with the idea of dying. I fear that, Pastor Adam. Friends, what does the Bible say to you? How does Christ give you peace? You know what he says? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He says, yeah, your body, one day it's going to break down. One day your tent will collapse, your vessel will crack and break. But dear friend, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Christ gives us peace. In the book of 2 Thessalonians, there were those who were suffering because of persecution. They thought their suffering would never end. Paul declares peace to them in Christ. He says one day when Jesus comes back, he's going to grant relief. Your sorrow might last for the night, but guess what? Joy is coming in the morning. Friend, maybe you feel condemned because of your sin. My sin is so big, it's so great, it's on my mind, it's on my heart. Every day there's no way God could love me. Maybe that's the way you feel. Know the peace that comes from knowing the Word of God. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. That should bring your heart peace. That should bring your mind peace. Maybe you're struggling with this one. I don't have assurance of my salvation. God's going to lose me. Think back to that chain, right? That golden chain we talked about of salvation. What God starts, he finishes. Think about the words of Christ who says, if you're my sheep, you're in my hand. I will never let you go. My grip on you is greater than the way you feel. Aren't you glad that God's word is more trustworthy than the way you feel? God's word is greater than your heart, is what John says in his first epistle. I am so glad that God's word is more trustworthy than the way I feel. Praise God. Maybe you're struggling with this one. Pastor Adam, I'm anxious. Who's going to be the president? Who's going to be the, what's going to happen in our nation? No matter who's elected. I'm, I've anxiety about that. I don't have any peace. Friends, Listen to what the Word of God says. This is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 15. God declares, Behold, the nations are like a drop from the bucket. Did you hear that? The nations to God are like a drop from the bucket and are accounted as dust on the scales. In other words, God's got this, He's sovereign. He is bigger than any president, any nation. He is God's supreme. The whole world is in his hands. No matter how this this world might war and rage, God is on his throne. And the Lord of peace declares to us peace. So we see the Holy Spirit. We see God's word bringing us peace We also see prayer bringing us peace.
peace, don't we? We remember that great passage from Philippians. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then what? The peace of God, which passes all understanding. May that guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You see the words of that verse, anxiety on one side, peace on the other. How do you get there? Through prayer. We spend so much time worrying about this and that. When, you know, all that time is really wasted. I can't even tell you how much time I have personally wasted in life by worrying, by having anxiety. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Lift that up in prayer to the Lord. Set it at his feet. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. and Walk in the peace that I have given. Friends, as we look at this benediction, these final verses here in 1 Thessalonians, I want to leave you with a couple of things. It says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. One of the ways that you can know that you have peace is that you are never alone. You're never alone. The Lord be with you all. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you wherever you go. Friends, everywhere Jesus is, there's peace. In this world, you're surrounded by the storms of life. They're raging all around you. But in the midst of those storms, dear friend, Jesus meets us. And not only does he declare peace, but he imparts peace. How does he do that? Through his blood on the cross. He reconciled you to God. And he's reconciling us all to each other through his blood on the cross. Because he suffered for us, he brings us peace. It's not what we have done, but what he has done for us. This should teach us how much we need, how much we depend upon God. But the good news for all of us as believers is that he is with us. His grace has gone before us. And friends, as Paul left this passage teaching peace it's now as believers our opportunity and our privilege to walk out these doors in just a moment and declare the peace that christ gives to a world that needs jesus so that people might be reconciled to god and that we all might be reconciled to each other let's pray